0: New days introducing the original Bloodclad podcast not PS. So did Semantic. Special dedication all the way from New
1: York. Boom!
0: Yeah, man. S double O T Semantic. Yeah, man. No. Boom! In semantic.
1: Sword and semantics. On another episode of Soothing Semantics, I'm your host, Rafi Pinsky. Make sure to subscribe, like, share, and here we go. Today, I have Nick Davenport on the show. Welcome, man.
0: Hey, what's up? Nice to
1: be here. Pleasure to have you. So, uh, Nick is a cognitive coach. He works with all different kinds of athletes. People that uh, many of you probably know, including Dustin Poirier. Which is, dude, it's, it's amazing that, I'm, dude. I'm such a big fan of his, man. Oh, really? Can't it's wait nice. for him to kick Connor's ass in the third. Uh,
0: I like third to hear time. that. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you said you're for Connor, I would have still done it. I'm no hard feelings, but a
1: little awkward, <laughs> dude. You know, I listen. I like Connor, but. There's just nothing like the second fight, the comeback that he had. I want him to win again, man. Honestly, yeah. I'm definitely, I'm definitely team Dustin on this, man. Okay. I like it. Without a question. Yeah. I hope to have Connor on at some point anyhow, but like, listen. Hey. <laughs> it you're is what you're it is. objective.
0: You're just a report.
1: I'm, I'm still gonna tell him, even if Connor comes out I'm gonna be like, listen, man, I was rooting for Dustin. It is what it is. Hey, that's something. Like, some... the fuck is that guy? <laughs> 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 Who the fuck is that guy? Hey. I yeah. like it. Who
0: the fuck is that guy? That? so that you have the floor brother So yeah so basically a lot of people see me online and no one truly knows what i do like they get the concept you know cognitive Here, hear the word cognitive it's like okay the brain reaction decision making and that is a big part of it but uh i guess here we'll get to talk more deeply about it so what i do is i put people under different drills and tasks that make them have to think under pressure and like I said, things like reaction time. So imagine if you're given in a, a sport two or three milliseconds to make a decision, and that's not a lot of time. Obviously, you can you can only blink at best in three milliseconds. So think about how fast that happens, and you have to make a lot of decisions in that time. You see a a pitch coming, or a punch, or a, a tackle, whatever it may be. That's the first premise. Can I make you taking that information quickly and not only take it in, make a precise decision that is accurate? In that small amount of time. So that's mm-hmm. the premise. Take in information, make a goal directed behavior, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. Like I say, it's mental too. So are you doing that in a way that is composed? Because people can perform well and be stressed out. And guess what? You only can perform in a stressed state, but so long, you know? So I want you to be able to think clearly while you're doing that. So the next plate or next fight or whatever it is, you're able to keep that consistent performance. And that's pretty much the premise. Perform consistently. Not necessarily your best because no one can be 100% perfect, but be able to perform consistently under stress, lack of resources, and not lose your composure. So that's kind of the premise of what I want to do with my clientele.
1: And what do you, what do you think they're lacking? What do you think a, a, an average person may be lacking, say, in, in an athletic field, whether it's um, fighting or basketball, baseball, football? If they don't go through this kind of coaching, what do you think that they lack that you provide for them?
0: so i feel this the lack of uh, repetition because if you think physical you can only do so much reps physically whether it be lifting weights running sprints like physically we can maybe do if i get into like technical terms because i used to be a strength coach as well back in uh, 2012 to like 2016. Mm -hmm. so in strength conditioning we want to see how much weight your body can accommodate over time so let's say in one week you accumulate 20,000 pounds worth of lifting meaning every rep so if you have 100 pounds You lift it X amount of times, you multiply that, that's your volume. So in physical, we can only do so much before your body starts breaking down. The beauty of mental training, you can do so many reps, technically infinite reps. Obviously, we don't have infinite time, but if you could just keep going and going, you wouldn't physically get exhausted. So I think that's the biggest thing that people miss when they think about this type of training is that you, you're not limited to the physical limitations of regular uh, fitness or sport performance. And if you're a guy, especially at the higher level, like Dustin's and Jared or Rashard Matthews, one of my uh, good friends and or clients and now good friends, they have to perform at the peak level. And they've done everything physically. How fast? How much faster could Jared really get? Right. He's he's competed at Tulane. How how That's much crazy, stronger could his punch? Real could quick, Dustin,
1: uh, dude. I saw Jared's uh, Jared's run. You know when he gets started onto mm-hmm. the onto the, the the board. I forgot what it's even called. But when he when he gets on it, I mean he's bolting, dude. Oh yeah, he's bolting. one of the best he...
0: push star- starters, and that comes from his track background. You know, so, but yep. that's that's the thing. He's great at that. But how much faster can he get, Dustin? How much harder can he punch, Rashard? How much better can he catch a ball? At that point, unless you're like a High school and below, and even high school nowadays are next level. So let's say middle school and below. You're not going to really, the physical is not going to be the difference maker because at the elite level, everyone can run fast. Everyone can jump high. Everyone can hit hard. The difference is how can I use that? And that's what they're missing if they're not doing this type of stuff. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like, this is my problem. I'll, I'll be a little humble here. It doesn't have to be my methods. Now, granted, I feel I've worked over a decade developing this program. So my methods are pretty good. That's a shameless plug. But it's like, if they're not doing it, they're depriving themselves of the opportunity to, to be able to separate them from what everyone else is doing. Because this is something a lot of parents might not like to hear because they got kids that are coming up. But everyone works hard. The old, just work hard and you'll be the best. Hate to say it, that's a lie. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think, unless they're a slacker, if you really want it, you're probably working hard. And so is a million other kids or a million other athletes. Who's the one doing the thing that's hard, but it's going to elevate them? And that's what this is. This is the elevation pass of a physical or tangible realm that what the last 30, 40 years you can say it's been explored, but it still hasn't really been like blown apart. The mental game is still something we don't really emphasize. And if you do, it's usually like a secret, like, Hey, don't tell them what I'm doing. I want to have the edge versus like, no, we all need to do this. Just like I get bigger muscles. I need to get better mental function. And that's something I feel needs to get more emphasis. And, And that's sad that it doesn't, but Hey, hopefully in a few years, it'll get there. You think? It, do you think a lot of MMA fighters are, are implementing? it?
1: Is it becoming a lot more common?
0: I would say once again, say so screw. It, I'm too Mohorn. I can say from 2017. So I start, I first started with Dustin in 2017, and actually, it's a funny story how that went. Well, should I tell it? Please, Might don't as well. Know. How I would mean, I? Bro, we're I'm here, right? waiting for you to tell it. Tell it all, man. Let's go back to 2017. Mind Body went on paper started in 2017, but like I said, for the last decade between my coursework and. Uh, Psychology. I have an undergrad in psychology and master's in exercise science with specialty in sports. Psych. I've done over 30, 40 credits at the doctoral level, clinical and personality research. So I have a very diverse, and that's why Mind Body Woman was meant to be a full range approach to mental and brain training. So Mind Body Woman had been going, and the, the outlook was different, then. it was more like a fitness workout, like, say, squatting, lifting weights, but in the breaks, you would do, like, a, a mental puzzle on the app or something. That was the original premise. So, along that way, it didn't really take off, and I was, like, revamping, like, how do I get this more approachable? So, I started changing up things and started making the drills more so with the emphasis versus doing fitness and just throwing in some thinking in between. So, around that time it was probably, I think, I don't know, it was like, day was, like, late September, let's say September 25th, and I hit up a good friend of mine, and he's actually a world-renowned Uh, strength coach his name Phil DeRue and we went to high school together we've known each other since 2006 we're teenagers and respectively both went our separate ways in the fitness field he went more towards MMA strength conditioning because he was a fighter for a little bit and he worked his way up to the pro circuit but after you know concussions he went into strength conditioning and me I was doing strength conditioning as well but I broke into this this was always my background so we always stayed in touch it wasn't like we're calling each other every day but like we'll stay in touch so one day I was like hey I don't. I don't even know why I did it, but something in my head said because I see him working with all his athletes at American Top Team, and I was like, I think your fighters would like this stuff. He said, "Bro, I was just talking to Dustin Poirier about this last night." I'm like, really? And full disclosure, this might sound bad. I didn't really follow MMA like that, so I had to look him up. Oh, you didn't even know who he was at the time. Yeah. I, thanks for making it sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was, bro, not as bad, I mean. But Uh-oh. so yeah, I had to look him up, right. and I'm like, oh wow. So, I, see, I'm, I'm a researcher, so I just wanted sort to of look him up. I started just getting more, like, how could this be something for him? Because when I first said it to him, when I thought, hey, I think the fighters might like it, I didn't really have an outline of what it would be, though. I just, like, I know this could be something for them, but I don't know where to take it. So when I went in, that was a Saturday, I believe. So that Monday, I'm also a teacher at a – or I used to teach at Broward College as an adjunct. So I also taught – at that time, I was teaching six classes, which in adjunct world, that's a full load. That's a lot of classes for not being full-time. So my yeah, schedule yeah. was packed. So what I did was, since I have more time for mind body 1, I will get uh, my schedule loaded on one day, if not two days. So this particular semester, all my classes were Monday. It was a long day. I was going from 9 to 8 with a little break in between. But I had the rest of the week to work on business stuff. So. He hits me up and says, hey, can you come by ATT at uh, around three? And luckily, that was my little hour and a half break period. So I rush over there, brought my setup, same setup, and he's like, yes, I want this. Come back at 6.30. I'm like, what's happening at 6.30? He said, Dustin will be here, and so it's Fox Sports. I'm like, Fox Sports? He's like, yeah, you don't want to miss this. So I'm thinking like. Dang, I gotta teach it. That's that's my main income right now. So it's like Dude, I'm stoked that I have you on, man. This is <laughs> it's crazy. A lot of people know these stories. Like Instagram, people only see the fun stuff. They don't see the crazy stories that led me to this point. Like I have some stories, anyway. So my facility at the time, I had a small warehouse facility in Boca. So ATT, American Top Teams, is in Cobra Creek and Broward College North Campus. Where I taught was also in Cobra Creek. So me being the mental guy, I am, I'm i in my head. How do I map this out so I can get back to the facility, get the rest of my stuff get back to campus, cancel class, put a sign on the door, and get back to ACC in time. So, hey, it's passed. Uh, I don't know the statutes of limitations. Maybe Jerry can help me out. I know he's not a criminal lawyer, but I ran almost every light back to my facility. Like, I'm wow. talking about dangerous. I'm not proud of it because it was kind of reckless, but in my head it's like, how many times do you get this opportunity? Right. So, I had a, actually had a... Um, Wait, what car did I have? I think I had my Challenger still. So that's a fast car, right? Yeah. So I'm rushing through traffic, get to my facility, load up everything. pretty good, by the way. Adjunct professor driving the Challenger. That's dope. <laughs> I got stories about that. I've been pulled <laughs> over. Like, what are you doing? I'm actually a teacher out of college. Really? I thought you were a drug dealer or something. Not <laughs> no, I know. But that is a nice story. So I rush back to school. I'm literally walking up to my door, putting a sign on the door. Kids are already, or students, because some of them are even older than me. This was four years ago, so I was 26 at the time. And it's like some of them older than me. They're walking up like, "What's the problem?" I'm like, class, this class will explain later. And then I get to the car, rush back to HT, get there at six fifteen. Time set up, and I can say, be cliche, the rest was history. We did our session, cameras were there, and if you watch it, it's on my YouTube. It was on Fox Sports, ESPN, all that stuff. And I got international exposure. And if you watch you wouldn't. If if I didn't just tell you this, you would know that was the first guy. And now, mind you, I was nervous as hell, but in my head, I was, like I said, performing under stress regardless of situation. So in my head, I was like, he, the world doesn't need to know this is my first time yeah, on that. So you wouldn't see that on the, the video because I'm on there doing my thing. this is cognitive conditioning. We're going to do this. Reaction, decision making. And the rest was history. That was 2017 September. And that's how that all started. And Phil, big shots to him because it's one thing to be good at what I do, but for someone to believe in me, and obviously since he's my friend, he at least gave me a chance. He knew I was good at what I did. Then shots out the dust obviously, because he had to like it. It's not like, oh, this is good for you. A lot of athletes get thrown stuff that's good for them, whether it's products, services, nutrient, uh, nutrition stuff, but they're not going to eat it or use it just because they have to really buy in. And the fact that four years, I'm very thankful for this guy. Like, we're not just like a client. Like, he was at my daughter's birthday the other day. So it's like, this is more than just uh, training. You know, obviously, it's training, but. He's a great person, and that led up to a lot of opportunities. And, yeah, so here we are, and this is part Dude, of it. It's
1: <laughs> crazy how – well, thank you for the opportunity, man. It's crazy how one thing could just explode into everything else. But it's just a matter of, like, being root. It's not even just being in the right place at the right time. I think that's a huge thing. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's all that time spent that you spent working up to that. The degrees, <laughs> the time that you just spent day in and day out gave you that opportunity. Like, dude, I, I love those kinds of things. Cause some people they see that opportunity go like, bro, how did he get to
0: Justin? And yes. he he's lucky, whatever. It's like mm, i call I had friends call me lucky like like not friends, I said acquaintance. Because my real friends, they they know that I had an acquaintance one time do that to me. Same run, same time period. I was at my facility, he would just pop in, he went to FAU, and my facility was right now from the FAU and we would pop it every now and then and he came in and like, man, you must be nice, man. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, just sitting here in the middle of the day, chilling. I'm like, he thought I was chilling because I had a big screen TV on the top, and I was watching Netflix, but on my laptop, I was, like, doing my financial stuff. I don't like to do, like accounting taxes. Like, I can't afford accounting. I'm like, a small business, so I just do loan books. So... It's like yeah, I'm watching Netflix doing this, but this is very tedious work. When that's not really my job, you know what I mean. Most yeah. companies, if you have a regular employment, you're going into a building, you do your specific job, and you leave. Mm-hmm. I'm doing that as well as a marketer, a sales rep, a scientist, because my stuff got to make sense. Because I actually have had many combos with other practitioners. Some agree with me, some don't, and there's been a like that's a whole other thing. There's been a lot of beef for lack of a better word in this industry because. Like you initially asked, is more is more fighters doing this? And I'll get back to that question because I kind of deviated from it. But they are now, and I was saying that story because before that, I looked up things. And I saw some things. Like there was facility Lomachenko, who's a boxer, he was doing some stuff. Uh, I think uh, Kobe Covington did something with the center down in Miami, oh, really? but it wasn't like it was more so. Like I'm not explain it. Like in addition, in the sense that they're doing it and they tried it or they did it re- regularly, but it was just a, a small fragment. With me, it's like, no, this is not necessarily doing it every day, or this is the main thing. It is. Obviously, you're a fighter. Fighting is the main thing. But it's like, I put it to a pedestal, of like it, it, it has to be a part of this. It's not just a... Uh, say you have a toolbox. You're not just going to say, hey, here's a toolbox with 100 different tools. No, I want to give you a toolbox with 10 tools, but the tools you need, you know, versus saying, let's use this crazy equipment. I guess what I'm getting at, it's not just like a gimmick, for lack of a better word, like, oh, here's some crazy equipment, lights. No, I want this to be a methodology with rhyme and reason. And I think that's where a lot of headbutt comes from this industry. And I get, I actually take a lot of flat because I, I don't know how much my Instagram has seen, but I speak how I want this industry only because I know the work I put in. So some people be like, ah, yeah, I believe this 100% Nick, Or they'll be like, eh, yeah, you need to humble yourself. And I'm like, hey, people want to hate me or love me, I'm just going to say what I say, you know? So fighters are doing it more. And a lot of them, I I can say are doing pretty well because I'm big on like, does it make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, if I go to Dustin, I can't be like, here's some tennis balls. I want you to bounce one, left hand, dribble one, the right hand. Speak Spanish. Like, this is a crazy example, but that's a lot of stuff I see, and I can't walk up to him like that. If you're working with a kid or a lower level athlete, you can do that. Mm-hmm. And I work with kids and lower level athletes, but guess what? A lot of them like it because I will show them videos. Like, look, look what you're doing. Look what he's doing. Wait, that's what Dustin's doing. And they're like 12 years old and they're like blown away that I'm doing it. And it's not that I'm like putting them on dozen levels, it's just the fact that the framework doesn't change. The intensity does. Like a squat's a squat. But if I'm a 6'5, 300 pound lineman, I'm probably squatting 600 pounds versus a kid, he'll squat maybe just dumbbells. Or something. Mm-hmm. And that's how I look at it because there's a lot of like, let's just do it because like, let's mimic punches, like punch out of light. And I don't really do stuff like that. I'm more about putting them in the mental premise versus. Mimicking a punch because that's why they box, that's why they do uh, Muay Thai practice because that's not what I do. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of the industry, at least in the MMA, the brain training, they're trying to mimic fight specific stuff with reactionary light systems. And I'm a big like against that. So it's taken off, but it's like anything. It's like rap music. 20 years ago, people were like, This is music. And now they're like, Oh, this is mobile rap. This is music. And then 20 years before that, they were calling NWA wasn't music 20 years before that. They were calling, James Brown wasn't, I mean, he go back to the beginning of time, you know, say that's that caveman point. bringing on rocks. That's, that's not music on the book. Like, it, no matter where you go, they're going to say it's not music. Like, Beethoven, his parents' life, that classical stuff, that's not real music. We like this baroque music.
1: like you know. That's fine. That's, that's an interesting perspective. Do, yeah. do you do, But do you think there's so much controversy in, in cognitive coaching because, because I, I, is it newer? Like, how long has it been introduced? It must be, I mean, why is there so much beef as you say in it? Like why are there something different?
0: So from a non like practitioner side, there's a disconnect because it's different. I can say if you look at like in practical use, in modern times, I would say the earliest use of how is more like technological, I would say at least twenty years, maybe. And far as just the industry as a whole, I would say that's like fifty years because there has been people that use charts and stuff like that. And different pe- paperwork, like they have things called concentration grids, which is a, a number grid like say hundred numbers all scrambled out of order, and your job is to find them in order, check them off in numerical order. So they were doing stuff like that in like fifties and sixties. None of the technology. Yeah. Technology. So the way how you see it with me on my page and everyone else in the industry, I would say the last twenty years that's become a thing.
1: So it's pretty new. So yeah, very. New. So I think because it's so new, there isn't certain things aren't as concrete. I mean, yeah, I'm,
0: maybe, yeah
1: that's what makes sense. Even
0: the peer review stuff, like the article I sent you, that wasn't on this, but they want to see more of that, and actually the same post I made maybe three days ago, and got a lot of attention from the people in the industry, I'm a pot stirrer. Like, I don't know if you tell I like to stir the pot. So I tag pretty much all the movers and shakers, because it's a very small field. Like, right. we all know each other. Like, for lack of a better word, personally. like mm-hmm. Some of us, we've never met in real life. Like, I have, like, these 10 guys, cool or not, but some I'm cool with, some I'm not. That I've never met, and there's some that I can draw to the facility right now. But the thing is, there's no consent. Like I said, there's no consensus. Everyone has kind of like their own uh, approach, which is fine. But it's kind of like saying if you're a doctor, there's a way to do a certain surgical procedure. Cool. You might have a a better like approach, but the same foundation is there. Like you're yeah. not going to like, cut them differently. Right, 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 you right. might have like a different prep or whatever, but that incision has to be in the same place because everyone's heart or whatever it is it's still physiologically there. So I think that's the disconnect because not many people like I have a, a strong background, like I'm not the world leader in neuroscience, but I've, my, my strongest background I would say is in personality psychology. That's why the article I sent you, that's originally where I built with my foundation. But then I started doing more coursework and cognitive science. I actually took classes out of my own pocket, paid my own money to take doctoral level classes as a non-degree-seeking student at FAU. And all the professional like, who are you? Because typically you have to be accepted into the program. But I got a loophole, and I asked them, can I just do it? And they had to post- or sign off on it. So I would take class, like, um, I took one called Attention and Consciousness, working um, age and uh, memory, uh, close relationships, about how we interact with each other, romantic, friendship, familial, team, etc. And I took these classes because I looked at their, their catalog, and I'm like, what would make sense for MindBody1? Because this is around the time MindBody1 was started. And I... Personally, read the scriptures. I, I think he's would be perfect, and I pay for it out of my own pocket. So when people like tell me like, "Oh, what makes you the the official?" I'm like, "Hey, you don't gotta take my word, but I'm just saying I put that work in because a lot of people they read a book or an article and they go the next day and talk about it like they've been researching for ten years, and I feel that does a disservice because you, you can't teach something you don't fully grasp. You know, I teach stuff. I teach this stuff in my class, and even then, I'm still revamping like for a lecture. Like, okay, let, let me see what I can say better. I'm always scrutinizing you, if you will. And I think that's a problem. Until that happens, this mental field would be hard to take seriously because you see someone like in my circle of people in this field, we all have similar methods. may not be the same. You see us. But then you see some other stuff that would be like maybe just bouncing tennis balls off walls. And I get why people do that because not everyone can afford a $2,000 uh, reaction system, like FitLight. I get it. But at the same time, I didn't always have FitLight. So when people come at me for that, I'm like, I didn't have to feel like when I started this. I was doing this in 2012. I used to take tennis balls, write um, words on them, like positive words and negative words, like win, uh, lose, failure, defeat, success, triumph, and I would spread them out like X amount of yards apart, and it'd be a sprint with my football players I work with. I worked with some NFL combine prep, and they would sprint to the ball and have a bucket for positive words, bucket for the negative words. So now working on mindset, trying to decipher, okay, failure, negative not under pressure thinking. And it was very simplistic, but obviously I knew that was something, but I knew it could be too much because it's a tennis ball, you know what I mean? But I told myself to make this better, I got to level up. I'm not doing those drills anymore. There's a reason for that. And whoever watches this, that's in this video, I don't want them to take because Some people don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I'm not trying to take shots. It's just that at some point you got to say, yeah, I want to be accessible to the world. At the same time, yes, it has to make sense. And I can tell myself, this makes sense. If you go back to 2017, there's a lot of drills. If you want to go through 1,000 posts, you watch the first things I did with Dustin to so now, I would say at least half of them don't get seen anymore in any of my clients because I figured it was like, okay, is this really helpful or are they just looking cool for a lot of people? Even my view count went down. Like My followers went up and my view count went down because I started scrutinizing myself saying, yeah, I get a lot of love because people like it. It's flashy, pun intended, but it's like, is it helping him? And I was like, no, it isn't. And Through my knowledge and research, like I can do better stuff. So that scrutiny has to come and I think maybe the mainstream will take it because until it looks real or legit, it's gonna get laughed at, including myself. And I'm not a fake ashamed to say that. I'm throwing in that kind of work too. That's so well said,
1: dude. I'm, I'm like I'm just thinking about it. Yeah, there's a lot it's a
0: lot to it. it I know I mean, maybe I mean, it's really kind of so it. straightforward, but it's a lot more to it than the drills itself. It's like what makes sense. That's always I'm so interested in doing this personally. Like
1: I uh so like I'm a real estate, I'm a realtor. And like, I'm wondering even in sales and business, how you can become more efficient. Working memory. Have you heard that term before? I've heard of it So
0: working memory, the best analogy I like to use it, like think of it like your, no i go to general say, how much bench bro? So think of it like your bench press, because the stronger your working memory is, the better you can do pretty much any cognitive tasks. So say selling a house. So working memory is how much information I'm hearing in real time, you have about a minute worth of capacity, so if I, say, we're walking down the street, and, or not walking the street, let's say we're at a party, and you introduce me to, to a friend, and I'm like, hey, my name's Nick, and they're like, hey, my name's John. So for about 30 seconds to a minute, that information's relevant to me. My mm-hmm. brain's like, what do I do with it? But after that 30 seconds to a minute is gone, and I haven't put any emphasis on what that means, it's gonna probably kick it out. Probably, more than like, I know some people have interesting memories where they still retain that stuff. Like, I kind of do that myself, I can retain stuff, but most people are gonna be like, okay john some guy met through someone else whatever then say a week later two weeks later meet john again hey uh we're at uh whatever uh, uh what was and now it's like not that you think less of them it's just that your brain said is this relevant so with my students when i teach this how i make them make sense of it i'll use like a celebrity like who your life's beyonce Oh, I like Beyonce. So you hear me talk and you're like, oh, I don't remember what you taught on the test. And it's like, why don't you remember it? Like, I don't know. It's hard. It's it's not that it's hard. It's not relative to you. You don't care about it. So you can tell me the lyrics to Beyonce. You can tell me the lyrics to Beyonce song. Why don't you remember that? Because you deem it relevant. And obviously, the more you you like something, the more you want to hear it. The more you hear it, the more it gets ingrained. But if I heard John's name once at a party and I never thought what to do with it. Like, now if I said this, hey, or you told me, hey, this is John. He's the head of uh, programming at, at the Florida Panthers. I know what this and is. And I might be like, you know what? I should remember that name. Go look it up later. And next time I see John, hey, John, right? And now it's relative to me. And that's what working memory is, is using that information so we can manipulate what we're saying. So you're hearing me right now. You're using it right now. And then you say whatever you're going to say. You're going to repeat. Not repeat, but you're going to use that information repeating in your head to formulate a response. That's working memory, real time. You know what I even do sometimes. What
1: what I what I find it to be so important when you when someone says their name for the let's say you're in an office and you meet a new somebody just got hired and they're working and you introduce you introduce each, uh, each other or yourselves and um, they say their name is Bill and you're you know I'm Rafi. Most people, a lot of people, will forget that person's name the, the next time around. They're like, oh, what was your name again? Mm-hmm. If you can remember their name and you just say their name the second time you see them, yep, it's going to set you apart. Mm-hmm. They're going to—they're either going to think that you simply have more of a respect, or that you have a better memory or whatever. But it's that attention and that uh, that respect that will will make you make them respect you. You know, they'll they'll appreciate it. So, uh, and I'm guilty of doing this for sure. There are times I forget people's uh, names. I do too, but. What I try to do is, especially if I feel that it's somebody that I really need to remember, I need to build that relationship with, I'll uh, either I'll save their number in my phone and I'll put it as something where I can remember. I'll even screenshot it. So like, let's say I met them on a Monday. I'll screenshot their name and number. And if I'm like, who is that person? I'll remember that I take screenshots. I'll go back to the screenshot. I'll remember who it is. And then I'll just kind of look at the name for a little bit. And next time I see them,
0: I'll, I'll remember it. All kinds of strategies. And that's beautiful. And you even... Indirectly brought up like social evolutionary psychology, because think about it, throughout time, language got developed and the main role of language is obviously communicate, but why do we need to communicate? We need to keep surviving and the best way to survive is official communication. Mm-hmm. And through time, it was just, how do we stay alive? Hey, don't hit that tree. There's bees in it. Or, hey, there's a bear over there. That saves our lives. Then it develops, say, in the middle ages, like 14, 1500s. How can I use that to get status? Like you said, if there's someone's worth remembering. So when you said that, my brain went to. That's a perfect example because now our mental performance is, is dictating now how we can achieve different things in our actual lives. It's not just relegated to direct apply like reaction time. Ooh, I missed the car hitting me. Versus you say, how do I understand the move in the world? Because you're able to take in that information and manipulate. That's what we call working memory: manipulate information. Because if I say something like, "There's a." McDonald's on the corner, you make a right and go down for two miles, it's right on the left. So in your head, you're taking that information, you're painting this picture. There's actually uh, three components to working them if I get into the, the nerve side of it. There's um, the episodic buffer, there's the visual spatial sketch pad, and phonological loop. So what that means is the phonological loop is the auditory part of working memory. So if I give you my number, 954-226-2926, what are you more likely to do until you can type it in or write it down? Try to like repeat it. Exactly, head. that's the phonological loop. So you're learning some, some top level cognitive science right now. So that's the phonological loop. It's the auditory capacity of what we hear and that voice in your head to remember. Now the visual spatial sketch pad, the name kind of gives away, it's visual. It's the visual component. So let's say using that same example, making right at the light, McDonald's on the corner, make a left go two miles. So you're seeing that, you're planning out your drive in your head, saying, okay, I know uh, there's Holladale Boulevard, McDonald's on my right, Make a left two miles of a red building, so that's the visual part. And the episodic buffer, that's kind of like a call kind of like an on wrapper or off-ramp on highway. Your long-term memory has all that information. So let's say I'm not really from the, I'm from North Broward area, but I know enough about Hollydale Boulevard. So it's like I know how that is. So my long-term memory has all that other information. So the episodic buffer says, hey, we just got to make a left at McDonald's. Then it, it transfers what you already knew about that. What does McDonald's look like? Oh, it's a yellow building. And it seems so minute, right? But when you think about it, this is what your brain is doing every time you think. It's taking all this information and saying, what do we need? Send it up. What do we have? Oh, we have left at McDonald's. Send it back. Okay, McDonald's yellow with arches. Send it back. Make a right. Send it back. Oh, there's a light. Then there's a red building. You know what I'm saying? So it's literally a real time. And this happens in, going back to what I said at the beginning, milliseconds. It's crazy. It sounds like I'm saying a lot. I am. But this happens in milliseconds. That's why the brain is so interesting to me. Like, if I go back to when I was a little kid, I used to do experiments with my friends, not necessarily with the brain, but just like science experiments, like can the length of your leg determine how far you kick a ball? I was always trying to figure out why or how things happen, and actually found in that study of our three people sample size that it does. But obviously, that means nothing, but you know what I'm saying it's always in me, like, why do you think like this? Why do you move like this? Why do you behave like this? And that's why I'm doing what
1: I'm doing. You know? Dude, it's unbelievable. It's crazy how how. So many, so many things that you would think take so long to, to, um, to register are happening. Like Always working. That's why I use
0: this, the bench press yeah. analogy. Like, it's something that you want to be able to have a high capacity of because I can take a more load of items. So, how we measure working memory would be something like if I gave you ten words to remember, like I said, grocery lists, lettuce, tomatoes, bacon, eggs, whatever. And I told you and a minute later, recite those. That's what I can remember. Because now you gotta recall what you heard. Now, typically, you would remember about five to seven of those. That's just the minimal capacity. But well, just like anything, you can increase that. So, when my training, how I, how I carry it over is when I do a drill set with the lights, instead of just making them react to a light, I'll have an iPad screen with other things going on. So, it'll be like an equation. And like I actually did it with Dustin last week, and I'll have, like, say, four plus five, nothing extreme. But the color be red or blue. is a picture of Connor. And if it's red, he adds the equation. If it's blue, he subtracts it. And if it's no equation and it's red, he says the opposite color and blue, vice versa. So he's reacting to lights every few seconds. Ah, ah. But on that screen, five plus, or five and four on the screen is blue. Wait, subtract. One, oh, react. Then the next one, uh, three plus eight, and it's red it's like, oh, uh, 11. Uh. So he's always having to have that load. So the more you can pile on to that, and that's just like one level. You can add more variables and be like, every time it is an even number, he does a, a squat or something. You know what I'm saying? I don't really do too much of that, but you can add more variables by making the answer not only have to be computed, but now it means something. Like, you, you know, know what I mean? It? So, it, it, it. so it's always adding more variables, and that's how we get that capacity up so people who can take on a lot more information like pressure. And if we can do that. That's the main premise of most of my business. I'm trying to get them taking more information and be efficient with that. So can, you, can you? I'm really curious to see some of this stuff. But so, we'll I have to. Uh, affect, hopefully if you could, if it's if it's yeah, if it's too much. Then oh, I didn't know we were going to do it like on after we were done or something because I would have to like okay, get okay, a charge. i was going to take the whole thing. Yeah. All right, never mind.
1: <laughs> um. Hope. Yeah. Uh, we can we'll, do, like a little clip. It's a possibility. I, set it yeah. I was like, yeah, I just kinda of want to show people like kind of how something works, but if it's gonna be a, a big job, we can not work. a big job. Yes.
0: Oh. I'm just not sure if it's really because it still was in my car from yesterday. So I'm so tired went to sleep. Let's see. This one. Let's take out This is one of the Let's many see, see how fast or slow I am, huh? So it's just one of the many uh, items I use. Um, tablet that controls it. So I don't know what I can do. I mean, I actually, you can actually pair see how fast you have to compare to Destiny a record visitor, So I'll explain it as it's loading. So basically, what's going to happen. I'm going to myself. These two lights are going to come on simultaneously. They either be green light or red light, Okay. or both. When it's green, either one, you're going to deactivate it. So this red center, that's the uh, sensor. So your hand needs to come on top. It's not the to touch, but it needs to come on the top of that sensor. You know, put your hands back, center to the middle. Do people usually touch it or or, or over it? Because technically touching is less efficient, so sensor is the best way. So you just it's, literally go like this? Yep. So as long as your hands are... Uh, yeah, basically. So every time it's green, I'm putting my hand over it. I'm going to show you how it's But yeah, so but they're both coming on simultaneously, so... They might both be. Right. So you have to pay attention. So it's like, this, this is what we call a go no go task. So if it's green, it's like a light, go. If it's red, don't go. So, uh, so you see us flashing? That means it's good. Hold uh, on. On. Hopefully, on this other one of these other ones has some more light. Also, might be hard for you to we go. <clears throat> So I'll show you how it's gonna look.
1: That's also kind of the. I'm looking for the word. The um. Okay, no. Well, you started already. Let me know when. So it's gonna.
0: I'm just gonna show you. I'm saying it as it goes. So it's gonna count down after this green line, then it begins. So two at a time. And then when it comes on, so yeah, so if it's how right, fast is that I won't tell you because I want you to have a completely objective response. So basically, how you gonna do it? I want your hands through here just like that, and always return them to the center. You don't have to like put weight down, but you need to touch back you need here to touch back waiting. On. So every time you go it's from that point. Gotcha. All right? So this is exactly how we do it. So, I'm going to show you how you measure up to the probes. So, it's going to count down first, then it'll begin. Two, one, now. Okay, nice work for strength. So, your score, there should have been 23 total hits. So, you got all of them. You didn't hit any wrong ones. You almost did, though. There's a few. We call those false positives. So, luckily, you restrained yourself, so it didn't count mm-hmm. against you. Now, accuracy is always first. So, that's 100% accuracy. Now, that after that, time. Right. That's what we want to know. So, your time was 0. 0.368. So, three tenths of a second. Three six eight tenths of a second. Now, where's that measure? Good, the bad, the ugly. For anyone, regardless of ability, I want to see under fourteen point seven. So for general population, pass. But you don't want to just be good; you want be to be great. great. So ready for this? Tell me how for the athletes. So like I said general pop yeah, yeah, yeah. under four. Athletes, I need under point three two. So you're not too far uh, three because you're talking about literally milliseconds here. So that's 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 not a big jump, but in the game of speed, it is. So it's like good and bad at the same time. Because it means you can definitely get there. It just means you're close yet. You ain't far. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, elite, meaning the Destins, the Jareds, that caliber, I'll tell you where they at. So the record is actually by Destin Foyer. He did uh, .242. So less than a quarter of a second. So as soon ready. as the light just- he's gone. Because this is the thing. Your brain is wanting to factor in what not to do. And that's that's still working miracles. Everything on that. That's miracle. what I'm thinking.
1: You know what it is for me? Part of my my speed is based on not wanting to touch the wrong thing. So I'm mm-hmm. focusing ha- like half of my focus is don't go too fast because then you might touch the wrong one. But the more you
0: get conscious effort to the task, that's actually a term. It's uh it's a book by uh I wanna say her name wrong, I think it's Sion Bailock called Choke. She's amazing. I read her work way back in like 2013, 2014, and she gave me a lot of inspiration like indirectly for this. In um, her book, shows she used a term called paralysis by analysis. Analysis paralysis. So yeah, so yes. you love that. What about. happens is, so the reason that happens because when, when it comes to general motor learning, when we're learning any skill, let's just riding a bike. That's probably the most typical skill we can use. Every, almost every kid learns at some point. So, I'm, I'm I'm attending to the pedals. Left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, right? But once you get used to riding a bike, it's just go. Mm-hmm. So when you're a beginner, You're typically wobbling. You're all over the place. You're not keeping your balance because you're giving so much conscious effort to the direct motor, physical movements. And you can even take the same concept to, like, an NBA player. Why do they miss free throws? Choking isn't really necessarily about being good or bad. It's about how much kind of load are we using. That working memory work will keep coming up in this conversation because if I'm giving a lot of attention or load to get my elbow right, release point, you've done this a million times. Why are you thinking about it now? So the more load you give to the external, I mean, the internal uh, capability, the less likely you're going to do it efficiently. That's why that happens. So going back to this drill, if you're giving a lot of co- conscious attention to green, red, not green, not red, so it, that's going to happen versus just knowing greens go and that's just putting the back of your mind. You go. know that, that, that this just blows up a whole
1: conversation for me. So you mentioned bike riding. I, when I think of a car, driving a car, it's the same, same concept. For the first even, you know, year—no, not a year, a couple of months, whatever it is—you're still focusing on certain. You're focusing. You always have to focus on the road, obviously, but there's a lot more cognitive thought in each action versus once you've been doing it for long enough. I'm just kind of expounding on what you're saying because you already said it, but I'm, I'm you know, giving my understanding. At a certain point, you've done it so much and you've gotten so good at it, where all of those extra. Conscious actions are kind of out the door and your brain is working on autopilot. And then you can be so much more efficient. Yep. It's not to say that you shouldn't be conscious of the action, but you can now focus more on the brain aspect of it, which is so interesting. You, more
0: working you have more more load to, to work with. Now.
1: But that only happens with time over tax. You, know, you just have to do it enough. So, for instance, this time, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but with, with this exercise right now, it's my first time doing it. So I know without good, question... That just from if the I do it long enough, right? If I do it long enough, I'm obviously gonna make some mistakes, I imagine. But if I did this 200 times, there's no question I'd be better at it than I am now.
0: But the second thing after that is a good point. So, it, like, I'm, I'm a researcher and that's what we look at. So, obviously, that is true. That's called the practice. of that you get better at what you practice, but you want to see good variability. So, when you do this 200 times, how much variance is between those scores? So, let's say out of that 200 times, the var- variance was like 50% meaning almost half the time you were getting higher or lower scores. So that tells me, yeah, you got better, but you weren't consistent with it. So that's why over time using Dustin or Jared as an example, I've done probably the most sessions between those two guys of all my clients. And it's like, I'll look at the numbers and I'll see you hit this this range very consistently. So yeah, they got better because they've done it with me for the last Jared, I think almost three years and Dustin four years. So obviously, they're gonna be better than that person like, never done it. Yeah. But what I wanna see now that you've gotten better in seven months, how consistent can you keep hitting it? That's yeah, what we wanna right, know. Right, right, right. So I tell people, reaction time is important, but the biggest tell for performance, at least in the mental space, well in any space, but especially mental space, is very How consistently can you hit that range? Because if you're all over the place, going back to what I said at the beginning, I'm big on breaking things full circle. Yeah. If you can't consistently do it, not every time obviously, but more than likely, how can I depend on you? You can't make that shot 96%. How can I depend on you? You can't um, make that uh, pitch or hit that. Whatever it is, I can't depend on you. No one can be 100% dependable, but if I have athlete A whose variance is 55 and athlete B whose variance is, is 20, I'm going with him. He's yeah. more likely to not be all over the place. The higher that variance means you're not consistent. And that's what another takeaway that I actually probably never said that before on any of my podcasts I've done in the past is that that's what we look for. And a lot of coaches, if you're watching this, I'm glad you're going to share this, and if they can have an open mind, you got to look at that stuff. I don't care if you're an athlete, ooh, he did point two seconds, but he only did it two or three times, versus he did point two eight, which is slightly slower, but he was able to do it every time. Who do you want? I want that down.
1: Without any doubt. So i got a question for you, putting you, putting you on edge now. What do you think that... Dustin is going to do for his third fight, based on the coaching, based on what he's been doing, that will give him an edge over the
0: Well, given this fight, it's been a little harder uh, getting sessions. is really, That's something I've come to understand in general because things don't take a back seat. So what I try to do when I do get the time with them is to emphasize things that are going to have a lot of change in variables. So I won't do too much. Like this stuff, I'll do maybe at the end. But the main, I like do an hour or so. So the main uh, time I'll spend doing the task like do when I described earlier, where there's more things going on. So those are things, the reason I emphasize those the most because the brain doesn't like instability. If we go just to our existence over time evolution. Our brain wants consistent, the term homeostasis. That means bringing everything back to balance, right? Just standing up, that's breaking homeostasis because now the muscle contraction, the heart rate increase, even it's only like a little bit, Brain likes to be steady, so I like to put it in a state of unsteady. So I, I emphasize a lot of that stuff because, especially in sports like MMA, like or MMA in general, not sports like it. There's no consistency in that sport. I can beat you in like eight to twelve different ways. Like most sports, there's only really one way to win. Yeah, <laughs> like in basketball, you only win by shooting buckets. With three-pointers, you are more, but it's the
1: same what That's like a big reason why I enjoy it so much, because of the unpredictability. You feel me? Like, could like, course, course you, you, can, you out.
0: I could choke you out. You could also have a fighter with
1: so much less experience get that. I
0: wouldn't say necessarily lucky, but, yeah, sometimes you get a lucky hit, and of it's course. like it's over and better. Definitely guys who came into this uh, uh, UFC, I would say, particularly because that's the one I'm most familiar with, that aren't ten-year vets, and then they knock out a guy who's heavy favorite, but then their next two, three fights, they Matter of fact, I don't know this guy at all in real life, but I saw him fight a few years ago. He's no longer in the UFC. I think his name was James Vick, I believe. Yeah. And he's a tall, lengthy guy, like 6'3, but he was a, a lightweight, 155. So that's very rare that someone that tall, but he was very lanky, so he didn't have a lot of uh, mass. And I forget who beat, but it was a notable person. This is like 2018, I think, or 2017. And it's like he moved up in the rankings. But it's not a night to him. Like, I don't know nothing about him person, but he's no longer in the UFC because he's going on a four-fight win streak like that. You got to fight just in case at some point, which was a big fight for him. If he had won that, who knows where he would be right now, but you got to beat that. And it's like, it goes to your point. You can't call it. And that's why I think the best fighters understand that. Like, you can have that confidence, obviously. No one's going to be like, man, I hope I don't get knocked out. No, but in your head, it's like, I know my ground game is amazing, but what about that stand or vice versa? My step—you got to be ready for all that. And that's why my drills—I don't mimic the fight variability aspects; I mimic the brain variability. Like, how much can I make you think in different ways in the least amount of time? And if I can do that and make you uncomfortable with it, and you get to the point where you can still give me times that I need, like giving Dustin with that same drill I mentioned with the counter picture and the peripheral vision reaction, um, his times will be like around like half a second. On that, that drill is a little different, so obviously this one's point two, but depending on the drill, but for that drill, point five is extremely fast, not mm-hmm. a second, and he hits those numbers every week, so I want to see that. Now, if he went to point six, there's different factors. He might have just not been feeling that day, and that's fine. But the beauty is, if he's not feeling that day, and he still can give me point five. I like that. I'll ask him things like, "How you feeling today?" I genuinely want to know. It's not like I'm just yeah. to experiment, but it's like. I take that consideration because he says yeah man I'm, i've been hitting it hard this week a lot of wrestling a lot of this or whatever it may be and did he still give me those times i'm like wow because typically that will affect him so if it does affect it i know and if it doesn't affect it that's even better
1: yeah man so nick thank you so much you. as you notice like one thing i've realized about my about episodes where i don't know a lot about the topic I tend to talk a lot less than the than the guests, which is a good thing. Um, it might not be as entertaining for the viewers, but for me, I mean, and I hope for everyone else that they learned a lot because you know this is obviously something you know tons about. So I've learned a lot. I'm very interested in doing more of this hmm. for myself, even even though I'm not an athlete. I mean, I do. Uh, I'm a weightlifter for short. Sure. I go six days a week, so I'm very yes. into that. I can't live without it. Can't live without it. Well, so with
0: all population. is just probably the most notable. Yeah. Definitely so I'm good. definitely interested in doing it for for
1: working generals and I Would love to be more efficient in every every respect. So guys, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I, uh, I I'm, I'm call, calling you out on the episode, hoping that I do get Justin also, bro. But listen, I'm sure you know. I mean, you know, I'm sure you're a busy guy. He's a busy guy. But that would be amazing if I could get him too. Um, and other than that. I hope you enjoyed coming on. Yeah. great. That's
0: great. Right.